This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Melted Westwire football podcast. Week nine, dude. Week nine, recapping all these games. Interesting game setup. Uh, MWR.com is where you can find all the stuff we do, our podcast, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Got Josh here hanging out with us, talking about the game you left at halftime for, which is well-deserved because of the weather situation. Yeah. So let's just get to the games. That's all we're doing today. We're not talking what we did last preview. We're getting right to the games. Wyoming Boise State was a disaster of a game. 32 7 Broncos. We were wrong. I figured Wyoming could at least cover. I'm like, why are they why is Boise favored by five points? I think I, think I said I, I think I took Boise to cover. I'm gonna look real quick and see in our picks, but this Oh game, no, I didn't make the picks. I forgot to make uh, the picks. No, terrible. That's okay. It's all, it happens. But this game, 32 7. So a couple of things happened throughout the game. There was a weird like, a couple of things I noticed. Well, first off, watch the game because I watched it Sunday morning. Why yeah. we had the ball six times in the first quarter? Well, yeah, it's because of Taylor fumbled. <laughs> yeah. Then Boise muffed a punt, and then they had, like, three three-and-outs in those six drives. That is wild. Not many like, that many in the first quarter. I was like, what are they doing here? It was, it was sloppy. Missed field goal by Boise State. The trick play fooled everybody. Like I said, the muff punt – the only reason why I mean, moved the ball down the field was the, what the two penalties and the muff punt, right? Yeah. And then they end up getting I, no, I, nothing. I also want to know if like, does anywhere break down time of possession by quarter? Ah, oh, that's a good question. They might... I don't know. Oh, for the game, it was thirty-eight to twenty-one in favor of Boise State. Yeah. So it's like, what? So how much of that first quarter did Wyoming have the ball? And then did they have nothing the rest of the game? Oh, well, they had the ball. Let's see real quick. They had, I'll, do, I'll do some dumb math. They had a minute six on the first drive. They had it uh, 10 28. They had about four minutes. So that's five, five and a half minutes. Then they had the interception. Uh, that was about 90 seconds. That's what, seven minutes? <laughs> oh, it, it does break down right here. Hold on. It actually does exactly if you look at the in between box score. So 206, 332, 118. 52 seconds, 5 seconds, they scored the touchdown off the ball punt. Technically, that's a new possession. 158 and 106, and then 118. 
after that, like, or maybe that was half, uh, what was that, first quarter? Sorry, I'm doing some weird math here. All plays, I'm looking at, but it was, yeah, for, oh, that was still halftime, I apologize. They, it was, it was just, I don't know, man, Wami had the ball a lot and couldn't do anything with it. And boy, like, where was his Boise defense, Josh? Like, they were, I know Wami's offense isn't amazing, but they were all over, all over the place in this game. There was back-to-back sacks multiple times. They were not allowing big plays from so Harrison Whaley it, had 18 yards. He did nothing on the game, come back from injury. They had 27 rushing yards, include sacks. It was brutal. I think it has to be a combination of the bye week yeah. and them getting DJ Schramm back. Yeah, DJ Schramm, yeah, I've heard of him. He's pretty good. <laughs> See, what did he, what did he do? This he didn't do game? much. He did nothing. Yeah, I mean, he's not even on the stats. But he's there, he's obviously. But you had, yeah. like, Andrew Simpson, three TFLs. You had seven TFLs, a pair of sacks. No sacks. Or, sorry, that's back. That's right. Yeah, sacks. They had no sacks and back-to-back plays with uh, Hassan and um, Simpson. I forget one. I think it was in the second half. But this game was, like, what's Wyoming doing? They Boise's defense, like, we, we're, no, we're under no illusion, Josh. So Wyoming's offense is great. Peasley had 85 yards passing. They had barely 100 total offense this game. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I, I don't know. I, They're brutal. I, they did, I feel like they just went away from the run when they needed to like, keep it going, especially after getting Whaley back. Like, you know, he's, he's been their bell cow carrier, and they just they needed to feed him the ball, and they only gave him the ball 10 times. I get in halftime and they're only down fifteen to seven. So it's not as yeah. if they're getting beat. Even going into the fourth quarter, it was okay, twenty nine seven. That's tough to come from. But they weren't they just never really seemed into the game when that third quarter started. Because they went they they punt, punt, three four like in the second half they had the ball four four times. It's it's so such a turn of events, right? In the whole second half. Yeah, I they they we know they have no offensive identity. I figured they could slow down the Boise offense, which has been brutal outside of Genty. But then they bring in like George Hani was back, had a really solid game, and then they had a Dubar, uh, John Bray, uh, Dubar there come in and they put him in short guarded situations to get one of the touchdowns. They 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 did your thing, Josh. They, hey, Matt, Maddox Mason, or not Mason, I always say Mason. Maddox Madsen was their primary quarterback throwing the ball. So. Fun, fun fact um, about that from um, Jay Tuss, the KTVB sports guy on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so Maddox Mason threw a incomplete pass in the second quarter with seven minutes and 48 seconds left. He didn't, he didn't miss a pass for the rest of the game. He was 10 for 10 for 124 yards and a touchdown. Well, freaking Eric, McG- Eric McAllister came out of nowhere. Like, those catches he's making, those throws, they were amazing. But that, the, that first touchdown pass, oh my goodness. So it, it was kind of funny. Like this is just kind of a little aside. I I watched one of the YouTube replays, and I noticed, like I I'd have to figure out like how Boise does their signals and like uh-huh. 
But there was one there was one replay where they showed the sideline and the guy held up a sign that said Caden and it had a jet under it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, maybe there's throwing out random stuff. They run a jet sweep to Caden Dudley. <laughs> Is that the end around they did? I think I saw at yeah. one point. That's funny. Like that's pretty on the nose. <laughs> so I was just like, I don't know. It's just kind of funny, but it was like Boise seemed like they could do what they wanted at times, and it's like Wyoming could just do nothing to stop them. It's it's bad. Like they they again they never won a Boise State any, as we talked about in the preview. They didn't do it again. Uh, One hundred twelve total yards. 27 on the ground, like we mentioned. One point. I'm just reading off this thing in 2020. 72, 20 sports put a bunch of numbers together. 1.1 yards per rush. Um, 111 on third down, and that came in the first half. Um, oh my god. Okay, I did not realize this. I know they got the ball on the other half of boy on their half of the field. Their offense never made it past the 50 yard line, which I didn't realize. I know they got rid of the ball a lot, but I remember they had the muff punts, and then they. I think then. They scored after that. Did they? Hold on. Where yeah. is... And then they returned a fumble to the 49-yard line as well. So two times they got past the 50, both were off of the fumble and the the, the just the punt that was could was recovered. No, they um, they got to the 50 after the fumble. Oh, it says the 49, so... Well, it says the Wyoming. Oh, play, so I, oh, oh, sorry. I misread that. Okay, so it's still... Regardless, it's still zero. They, the yeah. offense did never get massive midfield. Seven yards in the fourth quarter. 27 mm-hmm. in the second half. This was like one of the worst offensive performances they've ever put out there. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I can't recall off the top of my head. Like, like we always clown on Wyoming, but they at least can kind of move the ball. I think this is the first game I can recall where they just haven't done a thing. Yeah, normally they can run the ball well. I'm like, okay, they'll have – like I would expect maybe 200 yards rushing total perhaps. That's not unreasonable. But Boise – if this Boise team shows up against any other team, they're 3-1 in conference. They're ahead of Wyoming now in the standings. If yeah. they have this type of running attack, depending on how serious Genty's injury is, like Dubar did fine. Helani seems healthy. If they have two of those three, and if Eric McAllister does what he wants to do, but also Wyoming's DB sucked. The one guy kept getting called for PI and getting beat on double moves half the game. I'm like, dude, do something different. He, it's funny. He And the one I looked at, I'm like, that ball's way overthrown. Why is there PI? But when they should replay, he's held well before he even makes the first, tries to make the move. He's held well before the ball gets thrown because the QB, uh, I assume his match at he threw a million times. He was looking to go to the corner end zone and just knowing he'd be in that area and not necessarily saying, hey, you're open, but it's like a timing route. Like, you need to be there, and we'll get you in the corner and hope you're open to get it, essentially. But when when I watch the replay, because when we see it live, you see him being held, but then you see the ball, like, just way out there. I'm like, that's weird. Just because on the first blush, like, that guy's not catching it. Then you see before, oh, he's being held before, and the guy still swats his hand out of of the after. I'm like, there's no way. Like, I don't think he would have caught it if he was unobstructed. But you can't hold that egregious. Mm-hmm. Like, it was bad. And I, I, do you think, like, if Boise, I think I, I still, I don't remember. I think I put UNLV above my power rankings. Because I'm like, I think UNLV will get to them. Had a chance to be, really good chance to at least tie for us. No, that was unfortunate. Drop past the end zone. But I, I put, I moved UNLV above. I think, I, or I kept him above, I should say. Because I haven't because while we drop, I still kept boy, a UNLV head, even though they lost. Kept them where they're at. 
But if they're sitting at three and one, in league play, they still have Air Force at the end of the season. They go mm-hmm. to Fresno next week. New Mexico and not Utah State. They could lose one of those games and still be in the conference title game. Yeah, and yeah, I, I mean, and the way they well, play, yeah, if, they're, if they have two losses, let's see, because I don't think Air Force. Air Force doesn't play Fresno. I don't. I don't know because if so, let's say Boise loses to Fresno. Fresno's not losing the rest of the year because they get San Jose State, New Mexico, and San Diego State as their final three. Okay. I'm saying two losses. There's a chance with no divisions. There, there's definitely a chance, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, look at like ESPN, ESPN. But if they played like they did against Wyoming against other teams, they could probably beat anybody in the conference for sure. And they showed up with like like what is our big thing all year? Their receiver group is like, oh, who's catching the ball? I don't know, nobody. And then McAllister has this gigantic game. And when you look at, uh, I'm looking at FPI at the moment. Here's what their top three are. Air Force to win the conference at 60%. Fresno 17-1. Boise 13.8. And then, this is so weird. Dev, UNLV 3.9. San Jose State at 3.8%. As given the fifth best chance to win the conference. Let's see. And San Jose State actually has a third best chance to go undefeated. 15% behind Air Force and Wyoming to win out. Wait. Oh, to win out. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, it's what I, yeah. And so, that's interesting that they're right there. I mean, they could do it. It just depends on what Fresno State team shows up. Yeah. I I just don't think, I just don't see the way Boise's playing, like, all year. I don't see them beating both Fresno and Air Force. They'll, I, I say they'll beat one of the two. That's what I mean. I think, I yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I still think they'll beat both. Yeah. If I'm going to pick one, I don't know, man. They, it's... If I had to pick one, probably Fresno, but yeah, yeah, because yeah. Fresno's always look at them, they're always a they're, they're they do good enough, but there's always a weird struggle here and there. Yeah. So let's get to your game, the snow snowball attack game, Air Force thirty, CSU thirteen. <laughs> I love snow games. Can we also make? Would you be objected to making these uniforms they have every week for Colorado State? I don't mind them. I know. Of, of, decent portion of our fan base doesn't like them. What is there not to like? They're probably these are like the cleanest uniforms in the country just about when you see what teams wear out there. Like it is a, I, amazing. I I don't know. I like I do like them a lot like whenever CSU wears them, a lot of people like a lot of people actually ask the same question. Like people who don't normally look at CSU will be like, why do you why don't you guys just wear these uniforms all the time? Yeah. But it's like it isn't our identity. We are greeting gold. Yeah, that's the thing it's like it's in our green and golds in our fight song. Yeah, yeah, I know. I get all that. I just the way I just like these uniforms the best of what they wear. And so I do, I do too. Like I, I kind of, I sometimes I wish I don't know how it would look, and I think a lot of people would hate them more. I almost want to see what like a blue version looks like. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, it's kind of keep your color scheme or something with that with that logo design. Yeah, for this game, thirty to thirteen. Zach Lear still playing quarterback. If you haven't heard, I guess he's not injured. I don't know. Do we know? Like Troy Calhoun, oh my he goodness. has a he has a knee brace on. Yeah, I noticed so that last week won. and this week. <laughs> but we will see what's going on. So this game, like, I also noticed. Did you notice that they're like those swing passes? They're not just going downfield to like Brandon Ingle or whoever. Like yeah. all, all the passes were three, six, nine, or fourteen yards or short stuff. I know it's snowy and whatnot. 
but there was not a ton of downfield. They tried, but it just kind of came down to what they typically do. Like that touchdown, John Lee Eldridge half. Oh boy, that was amazing. But they, I think somebody put on Twitter like they make the like some of the second half adjustments because it was tied at halftime, thirteen to thirteen. Yeah. What, before you left, like, well, I do laugh due to weather because I don't blame you for that type of situation. Like, get the heck out of there. When it was halftime, you left. What did you think? How do you think it was going? Because the Rams had a good second quarter. They didn't do anything in the first quarter. Scored all their points, the 13 total. How did you think on your way home, if you're listening on the radio, or your thoughts, what were they? What was the situation going to end up being, you thought? Uh, I definitely thought CSU was going to cover because it was 14, 14 and a half. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, but I was like, I don't – I. I've, like just so we actually stopped to get something to eat and watch the rest of the game. Okay. And you could you, like in uh Braden Fallon Nicolosi even admitted this to the CSU website. It was like it was his first time playing a snow game. Mm. So he didn't know what to expect and he you could definitely see it in his hands at the end of the game. Like I don't think he had feeling in his hands, so some of his th- you could tell on some of his throws like he was severely overthrowing his receivers. And it's like you they would show the replay and they would go back to the quarterback and he'd be looking at his hand. Where are the like hand warmers? Coach, coaches, where's your hand warmers? Help him out. Like and like you could tell at the beginning of the drives, like, yeah, he had feeling in his hands, but the longer the drives went on, mm-hmm. the colder and colder his hand got. So I think you know, I think Air Force kind of figured that out a little bit. So they like they let drives go a little bit and then buckled down to get everything. Yeah, because they didn't really get after him too bad. Like a couple sacks, a couple two fails. They did have a lot of pass breakups in this game. But I, I think the first quarter is kind of what did CSU win, if you think about it. They did the smart move going forward on fourth and short on Air Force. I still think they got that. I, I did too. I looked at it. I thought it was a weird spot. Because it looked like he dove past, like he made it past there. It was like when I watched it a couple times, it was looked like it was there. Well, it, like so they I think they showed the replay in, in in stadium, I don't remember because there were a couple plays where they didn't, and that's a different conversation. Yeah, because you but, can't use that. You have to use what they TV feed. Yeah, but it's like the way what they showed the ref coming in that he got the first down, and then when they spotted it, it was half a yard back. Yeah, that was weird. So that was just like, what what are we doing here? And then they score a touchdown, and then you have the fumble that led to a touchdown as well, and so that doesn't help either. That's when they go. That's- that's a freshman thing. Like he, he knows that he like. Yeah. I think he was trying to get rid of the ball, and the defensive lineman just happened to be right there. So. So what do you? And one point that was different too. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Shoot, who was it? I was watching. Oh, was it this game? I'm trying to. Uh, I'm not gonna say because I don't remember what game. Wasn't there some weird replay on a catch and a fumble for Air? Yeah, for Air Force. Do you oh yeah. Why was that not a, Why was that not a fumble for a touchdown? Which, wait, hold on. He was the guy caught it, turned up field. I no, 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 no. So that was the incomplete pass one. Yeah, well, I remember that. That was like a complete fumble. Unless we're thinking of different ones, because they because there was one. Air Force was like third long. And they threw they threw the ball downfield like 20, 30 yards. No, it wasn't that. It was CSU. CSU threw like a mid, middle route, maybe fifteen plus yards. The guy catches it, turns up field. Holding the ball, then he loses it, and the Air Force guy gets it, runs it back, kind of slowly. I again, I should have my volume on discs. Maybe they're blowing the whistle dead, which is lame. You just let the play go and see what happens, because that's in a couple years ago NFL. Like just let the play go. So the, if it, if the call is say like this play, it would be a touchdown. If not, it's a complete pass. If you call it dead, 
you're kind of screw the team if it, if it does get their ball. But I, I don't remember what it was, but it was like, Oh a, no, 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 no. I know what you, I remember what you were talking about. It but, was um, forward progress. But it's called complete, forward progress for the CSU guy. But and you can't review forward progress. But I think because they blew the whistle though, I'm guessing, right? But they called it incomplete pass though. He did they, they had to replay, replay down or not replay. Down, uh, maybe, maybe there was a third play. I don't remember. But okay. I, Cause I, they're like, that was what that was one of the other things it was like it's a CBS game and there was like we were we were laughing because like the like it was like five minutes left in the second quarter and the game had only been going for like an hour yeah. and then the last five minutes took another forty five <laughs> minutes but it was like so that may have been lost in that confusion yeah it could have been but the game itself it was just a second half where they were shut out. They turn over on downs, obviously, when they're trying to go for it to stay in the game, which is what you have to do late in the contest. And they couldn't convert any of those. They, in the second half, they, they they just couldn't move the ball offensively. They had, what, 6, 9, 13, 20 plays, and 33, or 23 plays, I think, in the second half and did nothing with it. They just had one substantial drive in the second half of 12 plays. They, it was. Yeah. I know it's a snow game. I know it's a weird game. They don't know why did um, Avery Morrow not play? Is he just not available? Did no, he, he played. He got no he carries. Got hurt. He got nothing, from what I can tell. I mean, he he started like he was announced as a starter. I swear I saw him on the field. He got no 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 stats, <laughs> from what I can tell. But it, it, this just comes down to the Rams are. They're not far off, but they're not like there. You know what I mean? Like they seem like a team they could like we talk about time. They could scare somebody, but they're not gonna get it done. But Air Force yeah. with Emmanuel Mike Mitchell, John Lee Eldridge, Zach Lear, like Eldridge had some big time running plays, but this is a game where Air Force defense is really good. They just yeah. they weren't getting sacks, they weren't getting pressure too much, but they were not allowing complete completed passes. Yeah, I mean, CSU's defense was up there, too, for a little bit, and then I think... Oh, yeah. Like 13 points just, in the first half? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, they held them. They held Air Force to less than 300 yard, total yards. That's good. And because they couldn't throw deep, they were not letting that happen. And that's yeah. usually... Zach Leary has one or two of those big-time plays a game. They Their third-down defense wasn't great. For Air Force, complete eight to fifteen. There's that. Like they, they were fine. Yards per attempt, four point six is not elite for what Air Force can do. It's just that Air Force I mean, just grind them down. I mean, as I say, Air Force is averaging five on on the season. So yeah, I think it was just you know Air Force Air Force ground them down. I mean, they had a couple of injuries. You had one to defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Uh, our starting cornerback went down. Tory left before half. He wasn't gonna. He didn't. Play yeah. the rest of the game, so it was just it was just a battle of attrition. Yeah, so but it's a good matchup. It's they'll be there. I think the Rams are close to stuff, but they're just kind of once they get a little more talent. All right, what's our next game? Are we talking uh, New Mexico, Nevada? Yeah, uh, I think Ooh, Nevada boy. is on, on the Kyrie Robinson, Jeremy Moss revenge train. Something like that. Thirty-four twenty-four. They win with Brandon Talton kicking what five field goals in this matchup. Six, I, I what, believe so. What did get? Five, six, mm-hmm. Double check it. I saw no, you four. Oh, four. four. But yeah, this three interceptions. 
helps a lot. Dylan Hopkins did not play the whole game. Devin Dampier actually came in and played quite well. Ran the ball. Yeah, I noticed. I noticed that in the highlights. I'm like, what, what, what happened there? But then Hopkins came back in the second half. I don't recall the injury thing, but he had three picks. That's not great. The this is. I'm looking. I'm trying because I, I watched a little bit of this game. I'm trying to figure out how did Nevada win this big? They had short. What well, looks like short fields. They got stopped by New Mexico's defense, but they're close enough for field goals. That's kind I, I, of, that's my short yeah. answer to this game, the Cliff Notes version, to where because well, neither, neither team was good on third down. Three of twelve for New Mexico, four of thirteen for New, for Nevada. Twelve penalties against Nevada for 111 yards. Yikes! Yeah, was, I mean New Mexico turned the ball over three times too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, like those those interceptions. Yeah, so I was like, it's. Let me look at their drives. So we had their scoring drives, uh, 69, 5, 75, 34, 24, 81, 30. I mean, their scoring drives actually weren't that bad. I guess it was just everything else. Yeah. I, like you mean for scoring New, drives. For New Mexico you're referring to? No, for Nevada. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they nothing substantial. They scored, what, 10 points off turnovers, I think it is? If my box score is correct, it's probably not because I'm on ESPN for some reason. Because, yeah, ESPN has it backwards, so I don't know what's going on here. They show everything zero points until the end. But this game wasn't close. That second quarter is ideally, or honestly, what did them in, scored 21 unanswered points. The first 24 at halftime. There's no way New Mexico team's coming back 24-0. I mean, they almost did. Yeah, but they did it. <laughs> they were close. Yeah, close. But it's not like Nevada did anything great. Their defense fell apart in the second half. Their running game was... Okay, like it wasn't. It's better than what what it has been with Jamal Bell, and then he had to show up by uh, Jacques. Bat- I'm gonna butcher his name. Batalate Birdsell. Maybe that's right. Had a touchdown, thirty something yards. Like Delvin Campbell played pretty good. They just got the. It's basically a plus three turnover margin is what they're able to score enough points, and they did. Defense had a great first half. Second yeah. half, they went back to old Nevada, being outscored twenty four to ten. And that's kind of the game was. New Mexico had 10 tackles for loss. They were in the backfield like crazy. And somehow Nevada still had Jamal Bell and Brent, Brent, excuse me, Brendan Lewis still average about six, over six yards to carry easy. That's wild to think about. That they had so many negative plays against Nevada. Mm-hmm. How did Nevada score 34 points, man? Like, they don't score. They won 6-0 last week for San Diego State. 6-0. Well, they had a pick six. Yeah. Oh, that's the other point. That's where it was. That's where. So, no, there's so 17, 17 points. points. Yeah, 17. Turnovers, yeah. I was looking at the wrong thing. I'm like, I knew there was some big defensive play. But that's the most points they scored all season. They, that was that second quarter. Because, I mean, they only scored 10 points the second half. So Are they winning three in a row? They, got, they have Hawaii next week. Are they beating the Warriors at, in Reno? In Reno? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're given right now FBI sixty seven percent chance to win. After that, after that egg Hawaii lead, yeah. Oh boy, this I don't know, man. Like they are they like other oh, serious questions. Can Wilson do anything special to turn them around? Because beating San Diego State, even with them being down, no, that's a, that's a solid. That's a pretty good win. I'll give them credit for that easily for beating a team that's usually top four of the conference. I know they beat New Mexico. But they held on to win. Is there something brewing there in Reno with Ken Wilson? Because we're all thinking he might be fired when his buyout reduces because they're getting their head bludgeoned in the past two years. I mean, it, it seems like he's turning into um, 
correct ball. He's like, like the defense seems to take a corner. They're relying on the running game. Mm-hmm. Like if they can, if they can get a decent passing game, they you know this team has a chance. Yeah, because they played both guys this week: AJ Bianco and Brendan Lewis. And Lewis is a good dual threat guy. At least he can run. His throwing it's just enough to keep teams honest. I'm guessing who aren't very good. I don't know. That's a good one for them. They're, they, I think they'll win three, three, get three wins this year. All right, what do we got next year? Are we going to uh, the game of the week, Fresno UNLV? Yep. Fresno State. Almost, almost gave it away again. Almost again. 31-24, they beat UNLV. And we were talking before, like, okay, how good is UNLV? Because they haven't, outside of Michigan, they haven't really played anybody great. Because we mentioned when they beat CSU, Drive stalled, and they were able to kick field goals, and that helped them get the victory last weekend in Vegas. So this week, Fresno gets Mickey uh, Mikey came back in the lineup after being out for a couple weeks. Link Sherrod didn't do anything special running the ball, which we thought he would. It's just, again, same thing with the Nevada and Mexico. One quarter did them in the third quarter, 24-0. Like, there's, that's a complete disaster. The first half, UNLV was doing was doing fine. Jaden Maeve is moving the ball. Vincent Davis, like all the running backs, Donovan Lesser, they're all doing reasonably well. They're leading at the halftime, more than reasonably well, I should say. When you're winning, they they got the interception with the field goal. I'm trying to think of it right there. They scored at the end of the half. They forced a punt, but then that second, like in the first possession, like you th- you're thinking, okay, they score. They force a three and outs at the end of the half. They score a touchdown, nine plays, 72 yards. Great, they're up by 10 points. They forced Fresno to punts, but then... They don't get the ball. Fresno gets it again. They score a touchdown. Then that's basically the game over. Where it's three and out, touchdown, interception, fumble, touchdown, interception, turnover and downs, interception again. But the big play, we saw the big play. The guy's in the end zone, wide open, yep. just bobbles. I'm like, it's funny. Our Twitter put, ah, oh, that this kind of hurts. And you see Fresno fans, for who? I'm like. Who do you think, man? <laughs> we don't uh, exclusively care about Fresno State, Air Force, UNLV, CSU, anybody. <laughs> Wide open, right in his hands. He's probably made that catch. That's like a 97%, if not higher, catch ratio every time it gets to him. Nobody near him. He catches it. They tie it. Probably overtime is whatever, but it's like, ah, oh, it's so bad. And I just feel for the guy because they played a great game. And – it's that third quarter, and it's a couple things. I'll let you get in here, but the third quarter, and then the two interceptions they had in the second half. Those were that led to um, what was it lead to? How many points? It only led to a field goal. So there's that. I guess a fumble too. So there's ten points off turnovers. Does not help, and then that's the one they turn over on down to an incomplete pass. But man, this was a first almost let it go again. <laughs> Well, it's it's, a, it's the same thing we saw against Arizona State, but this time you know they finished a little bit. You know, UNLV had four turnovers. They UNLV outgained Fresno by a hundred hundred twelve yards. Mm-hmm. They were nine of eighteen on third down. They were two of three on fourth down. This just seems like honestly, this seems like the CSU Bo- This seems like CSU Bobo era ball, whereas like you have this offense is doing great, defense can't stop anybody, and then you can't finish the game. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a matchup where this this loss showed me UNLV's. They're again, they're one of the teams with a single loss. They can make it back to the champion. They can make it into the championship game for sure. And I have no doubt 
they are talented enough to beat anybody in the conference. Well, all right. They got New Mexico next week. They got Wyoming the week after. At home. At home. And then they have to go to Air Force. Mm-hmm. That's tough. And then San Jose State, I think that could be interesting because they've been improving. I Maybe a win or two. I don't see more than two. Two? I think oh, New Mexico, New Mexico, you go to New Mexico, San Jose. Yeah. Dude, if they're eight and four, let's celebrate, man. Get, get, build a statue for <laughs> Barry Odom and say, oh, Barry Odom, it was lovely to have you. Now let's go be the Cal head coach or something. Who knows? <laughs> that, that wouldn't surprise me. Not if only Jessica, Justin Wilcox could have finished off USC with like a two touchdown lead late in the game. That'd have been nice, but that didn't happen. But this, yeah, I think you're right because it's going to be a team where they need to. Here's why the really thing comes down to: they don't know how to win these type of games. They're, they're never in this type of position. I don't care if you have a new coach who's done it. I don't care if you have assistant coaches, a couple players who transferred in. They don't have players, even the coaches have Barry Odom. I know he's done things at multiple schools and has pretty successful. They don't know how to, they've, they're never in the situation where how do we win a game where we are leading at halftime? How do we overcome adversity? Which they almost did by coming back like after that atrocious third quarter. So they're close to doing that. But it, it's a thing, it's like if you've never done this before, it's like you don't know how to act sometimes. Like you said, the Rams quarterback, he's never been in a snow game before. How does he handle that? It's new. Mm. And so I, I think that's a legit re- thing to say. But what's your confidence level in them? Is it, you think they're just going to go 8-4 and four and that'll be – I'm not going to say that's it, but they're not going to be in the uh, championship picture? No, I think I think championship comes down to Air Force, Fresno, and Boise. Okay. All right. Final game of the weekend. Oh, boy. Fresno State – or excuse me, San Jose State. I'm looking at the Fresno box score. 35. Hawaii, 0. I'd have to look. I feel I sorry. I feel like the Spartans left a lot on the table here. I feel like it could have been a lot worse than it was. Could have been. Why, why do you say that? I mean, they missed a field goal on their opening drive. Okay. They fumbled on their third one. Mm-hmm. Downs, punt. Like, I feel like there's a lot of a lot of missed opportunities that just little things that like are like are why they are four and five. Like ignoring their start to the year where they play two two strong teams. And they played reasonably well versus USC too. I thought they played all right. Yeah, but that's USC with their no defense. Yeah. True. Fair point. And then they ran into Oregon State. And then like if they hadn't lost to Toledo and if they hadn't let had another letdown against Boise, I would have had um San Jose State as one of those three teams instead of Boise. You think so? Yeah. So what what do we think about them? They're they're three and two. Can they? Well, let's kind of get to this game. Don't want to talk something else about it. But do you, I'm going to look it up right now if I find out. Do you have any off the top of the head that when last time Hawaii's been shut out at home? Like, it had to be June Jones. Okay, I think I found it right here. Here it is, right here. Perfect. The first day I Google, I want to check. Um, this is the first shut at home shutout in 25 years. Wow, that was way off. Me too. I was like June, which yeah, June Jones was yeah twenty yeah twenty ten. New York. This was probably oh, I'm trying to remember. Was Richie McKee a coach at Hawaii? I don't remember, but it was. And also, we should note this is the uh, Dick Tomey Legacy Trophy as well. So thirty five zero win as they get the trophy. But that was that was also something new. I didn't realize they had a trophy. It's pretty new. It's pretty new. 
because he he passed away recently, so that's kind of why that's why no, that's yeah, definitely that's why that's in place. Because I believe he coached obviously coached at both places. But this game itself, oh Kyrie, oh man, how did I not leave Kyrie Robinson, man? One forty six, two touchdowns. There you go. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Keep it going. I, I said the Kyrie Robinson, Jeremy Mouse revenge trade. Oh, I know you mentioned that before. I know, but we're not in the game specifically. That's the thing. We're here now. I like this is this okay? They they crush why this is what I want to say. Good teams. I don't know if they're a good team. They're playing much better. And when you look at like you mentioned, they lost to USC. They lost to Oregon State. They the Toledo game was just terrible interceptions. I remember watching that ESPN Plus. They got crushed by Air Force, not really, and it was Boise State, lost by eight, so, but they're, yeah. But then again, I'm hesitant to say they're going to be good, Josh. New Mexico, Utah State, Hawaii. Show up when you play for the v, the Valley Trophy versus Fresno State next week. Or two weeks, I guess it's on. They get a bye week after November 11th. They played as well as they could have in this game, like you mentioned, and also having situations where they could have scored more points. Yeah. They had a couple. They, the rushing defense was amazing. Their pass defense. They had to pull in Jake Farrell for, for for Hawaii over Shager getting didn't finish the game. Both had a couple picks. They had four sacks, seven TFLs. Hawaii just literally couldn't do anything on third down. They were what the two and a half yards of play on rushing the ball plus two hundred turnover margin. They're a team where do you give them a chance for Fresno State next when they play in two weeks? With. With Fresno State playing Boise and San Jose State coming off a bye, yeah, I'll at least take them to cover. Okay, I know. Let's look at the FPI really quick because I know we don't have any lines yet at the moment. Okay, we're gonna play a game. We used to play a lot before I played basketball and we do football stuff. You got the FBI. What what do you, what do you think the percentage is that San Jose State wins this game? Fourteen percent. Fifty-one percent. Against Fresno State? Yes, it's 51.4% right now. <laughs> okay. Do they need to recal- like, like, kick the computer and get to recalibrate? I don't know. That seems interesting. I figured maybe 35 at best. With help, like... <laughs> You're speechless. I don't understand this math. He's speechless, folks. <laughs> I, I what was where's that S and P plus post? Hold on. Well, I'm looking at yeah, I'm looking at FBI right now. I know San Jose State's higher in there too, which is interesting. They're what third, I think, in the conference. They're they're fourth. And remember, FBI likes them all because they give them the third best chance to win out, and they give them the fourth best chance to win the conference, or excuse me, fifth best chance, basically tied with San Jose, with UNLV in San Jose, three point eight for Spartans, three point nine for Rebels. I guess, I guess the statistic, the analytics just doesn't like Fresno State because I mean, let's look at their schedule real quick. They had to barely beat Purdue, but that was a comeback. Barely survived Eastern Washington. Had laid an egg, kind of against Arizona State. And they lost the game they should have, shouldn't have. But and they played Nevada kind of close. So I mean, I, I can kind of see it, but at the same time, it just it just I don't. I feel like that's disrespectful of Fresno State. I think it is too. I know it's at San Jose State, but it's not like there's a at Sefku Field they have a giant home field advantage there. Well, is there? I guess. I guess that brings up a question: Is there that? Is there a, a home field advantage component to these 
to these statistics? Eh, probably a little bit. Yeah, I bet they're the same as betting line, edge or line. Like if you're at home, you're, gives you a better chance. But I, I can't see it being that much. Not to the extent of FPI having it. Yeah, no. No. I, okay, let's, let's – do you think – because they're sitting at what's their record? They have two league losses, correct? They're four and five. They're three and two in league play. Hmm. What like what type of opportunity could they seek into the championship game? Could my preseason pick actually turn to be correct if they win a handful of games down the stretch and make it there with right. two losses? If they make it there with two losses, so they win out. So Fresno State, San Diego State, UNLV, they be ahead based it's on tiebreaker. It's Denver's Boise, right, or Air Force? Well, it depends on how Boise State does. Because if, yeah. if Boise State and San Jose State finish the same, Boise State would have a tiebreaker. And then they'd beat Air so, Force. That would put them above them tiebreaker with one loss. So it would require Boise to lose three? Well, no, they replay them. No, they need to lose two. He's got to be tied. That's true. Arizona football will be played because Wyoming also has two conference losses. And they don't play San Jose State. I was trying to think out, think a lot of the way they've been playing. I and part of it, I'm still skeptical because of who they played. So, yeah. But guess what? If you're a pretty good team and could crush these bad teams, that says a little something. I can also see these going back to that FBI thing. Did mm-hmm. what was? Did they give Wyoming a chance? Uh, let me pull it up real quick for which to win the conference or win out. What's your what criteria? For both. Uh, let me pull up real quick. Give me just a moment. I think they were. Because who's on their schedule? Who else do they play? Do you have that? Or am I trying to think? CSU, UNLV, Hawaii, and Nevada. Hmm, that's pretty favorable. Maybe one loss. They are given a 1.9% chance to win the conference. And Oh, yes. Remember, their winning out percentage was number two, as I mentioned. 17.9% compared to our Air Force at 21.8. So Wyoming's definitely in the mix, especially if they beat UNLV. But Wyoming's two losses are to Boise and Air Force. So that's tiebreaker. Anything anything else to add for this week? We're coming down the crunch wire where we've got to pull the calculators every week to figure out the tiebreaker situation. But <laughs> where's, where's Sicko's committee to find the, the seven-way tie that we need? Oh, boy. Well, we have quite a few two losses. We'll see. It'll happen with Fresno and Air Force. It, I, here's where it'll come weird if Boise beats Air Force and Air Force loses some other game. Yeah. Actually, all I want, no, we don't even need the word, seven, the word tiebreaker. We just need number two versus whatever because I remember last year in the Pac 12, Utah somehow stuck into the championship game. I forget how. There was all random tiebreakers because they lost to Oregon State and Oregon. They made it in and won. So I want to see, I don't care, number one, cool. I, we want the tiebreaker to make, to make it easier is number two versus whoever else. So that'd be like Air Force beating Boise, gives them two losses. You know, if he ends up with two losses, well, I mean, like that may not happen, but like a bunch of two loss teams to figure it out. That's what I want to see. <laughs> It'll be great. We'll see how it goes. Anything else to add for this particular week uh, nine slate we have? Because we we we're, we're fortunate to not see San Diego State offense, so there's a positive two to add. <laughs> No, but it was like yeah, like defense. Like some defenses stepped up this week. Some some offenses stepped up. There were definitely some surprises. So we're looking to see, looking to see what's ahead. I think Boise can the way they play. If they can keep it going, and Genty's fine and healthy's back, and him and Holani are healthy. 
watch out, man. That could be a thing to come. But uh, we'll see how you guys next time. We'll get to week 10 next week to chat about all the games we have going down the stretch run because we have a handful left. And it's going to be exciting. It's in a game. So, again, MWR.com, MWR.com. Check it out. And let's know I like the podcast. A few more people are listening, so that's nice. And uh, we'll see everybody uh, next time. Have a great week. And stay warm if you're in a cold place like us.